Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthi. How's it going, Holden Sutter? Not too bad, not too bad. A very good week, at least in terms of content for this podcast, so I'm kind of hyped. Just like any other week. Am I right? Just like any other week, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this week is no better or worse than any other week, probably. Yeah. What's going on this week, Holden? Well, we've got a great episode for all of you this week, featuring our reviews of the newest episode of The Mandalorian, uh, Chapter 11, and also our review of Whiplash, the film. Yep, let's do it. That one movie podcast. First, Jimmy, we've got to do Tom's. Oh, you know we have to, Holden. Toms. Toms is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw is the highest, Bombadil is the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. What's up this week, Holden? Well, we've got some release date changes like we always do, but actually the first... But these actually aren't delays. These are more of like announcements, and these are actually going to be kind of exciting to talk about. The first one is uh, WandaVision has officially got a release date, uh, and its release date is January 15th, so actually not coming out before the end of the year, which makes 2020 the first Marvel-free year since 2009. Wow. That's pretty incredible. That is a Marvel in of itself. So I guess there was a Marvel in 2020. (laughs) Yeah, the Marvel was inside us all along. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, I mean, this is I'm I'm kind of excited for the series six episodes. I I still have not found if they're dropping simultaneously or weekly. I, I don't think I've seen anything official about that. I, I so would imagine we'll what happens. I would then. imagine it's weekly. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, what do you think of that, Jimmy? Uh, Free year. I guess I'm have to get Disney Plus. I don't know. Is this move? Is this gonna be good? We'll see. I'm not particularly excited know. about it. <laughs> if I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> I feel like I have to watch it. I mean, we 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 can see like what the reviews of the first episode are when it comes out. But I mean, if nothing else, you could just we could just review it when it's all out. That's true. Maybe we could just binge that so. one. We could. I mean, I'll watch it weekly, but <laughs> you, you can, can let me it. know if it's good or not. Yeah, sure. Because it's two All of right. my least favorite characters from the Avengers movies. Yeah. And I want to murder I Paul Bettany. Ha- Let's not forget that. Wait, why was that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember, but I'm going to kill him. But you just did. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this uh, Bergeron. Yeah, Bergeron for me too. I get. I mean, I guess it's exciting that it's coming out for people who are fans of Marvel, but I don't really care. Honestly, yep. sounds kind of original. I know people are excited about it. Hmm. 
Uh, and then the other big announcement was uh, Jordan Peele's new movie officially has a release date of July 22nd, 2022. Uh, details are still under wraps, but from what we know, it is going to be another horror film with a lot of social commentary. So in line with his last two movies, Get Out and Us. Uh, that is solid year and a half away, at least. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm I mean, I'm excited. I'm for excited a too. New Jordan Peele movie. Keep him uh, coming. He's also producing the can- yeah. He's producing the can and maybe wrote the Candyman movie that's coming out next year. So, so yeah, very talented guy, very funny, but also apparently just a good horror director. <laughs> Who would have known? I'm neither of those things. Yeah. <laughs> neither am I although some people think I'm the funny one on this podcast so I don't know that's not saying much just kidding <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm funnier outside of the podcast that is definitely true <laughs> yeah but you guys might not get it from this podcast but Jimmy's actually a very funny person thank you <laughs> I'm just a little bit more filtered <laughs> on the podcast I think <laughs> yeah that's probably true uh, I'll give Jordan Peele's new movie announcement date uh, Broca. Yeah, me too. I, I like uh, I like both us and Get Out quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah, broke off for me. Now this is kind of, I mean, this is kind of some rumors, but in a report in Bloomberg, uh, it was set or apparently, uh, Warner Bros. is thinking about having Wonder Woman 1984 stay opening on Christmas, but then moving on to HBO Max in mid January after like kind of a slight. Uh, theatrical run um and i mean i kind of my own opinion on this is this might actually not be that bad of a decision just because nothing else is coming out during that time and it is christmas and i think it would i mean even if it was just on hbo max it would get a lot of traffic i don't know um so i could see when you say coming to hbo max is this a situation where it's free or is this a mulan situation where it's an extra fee oh uh, I mean, I mean, there's nothing official about this out yet, so I don't, and I don't think the the things I was reading said anything about that. I mean, I would guess it would be free if they did it because Mulan was just kind of a mess, but they probably saw that would be like, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, how much would you? So let's say let's say it's not free, Holden. How much would you pay sure. to see Wonder Woman eighty four on top of your HBO Max subscription? Well, I don't pay for my HBO Max subscription, so not a big deal. Uh, I would, I mean, it would be if it were to, if it were coming in January, I would be here. I could probably split it with my roommates. I'd probably be willing to do twenty five. But you, out of your own pocket, out of my own pocket, yeah. just me on my own. Yeah. I mean the highest I would want to personally pay for. I mean, I just want to pay for like a movie ticket. So I guess 10 bucks. I mean, I was against Mulan just because uh, for being $30, just because I didn't really care about that movie as much. I'm more into watching this movie. And if it costs me personally, $10, no matter what that, if that's split between people or if that's just me myself, I think that's okay. Yeah. Although currently right now I don't have HBO max. So that would be a bummer. If I had to pay, I oh you don't. That. Well, I did, and I canceled it because I don't. I'm not watching anything on it now. Oh sure. Yeah. So I mean, if it's free, Broca, I'd pay yeah. for a month of HBO Max to watch it. Yeah, I would. 
pay a premium, a slight premium to watch it probably. All right, Holden. Um, yeah, I'll give it a Brokaw too. Uh, but the next announcement uh, is uh, Thor Love and Thunder announcement. Uh, apparently, it's been confirmed that Chris Pratt will be making uh, an appearance in it as Star-Lord. Oh, is this going to be the whole Thor versus Star-Lord thing? Probably as Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. As they said in, in Endgame or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I thought they they were kind of worked off each other fairly well in that movie. I don't know how big of a role he has in this. If it if I mean, I assume it is a Thor movie, so it's probably mostly going to be him. Um, but I don't know. I like Chris Pratt as Star Lord. He's funny. Yeah, I good. Honestly, character. don't remember where everything ends up at the end of Endgame because I've only seen it the one time. <laughs> so okay, <laughs> I'm trying to I mean, remember that- how everything is set up for Thor. I think Thor, Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy, they like fly off into space together. I think that's what happens. So it makes sense that he would be in this at least some extent. Yep. Uh, Yeah, Brokaw. Uh, Brokaw for me as well. Okay. Now this is kind of exciting. Um, Now... I have you seen like the like the internet is really angry about Johnny Depp having been like removed from Fantastic Beasts. Oh have yeah, you seen I know. This? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about it last week, but uh, they're who they're talking about replacing Johnny Depp is actually kind of exciting because it's Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, th- so they've kind of. I don't think it's been officially confirmed yet, but very very strong reports from different uh, places that I was seeing online. Um, it's, this has kind of come out less than a week than it was announced Johnny Depp had to leave, which makes sense because they're in the, they're in the process of filming the movie right now. So they need to get on that right away. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think Mads Mikkelsen would be way better for that, that role than Johnny Depp would be. I mean, Mads Mikkelsen is just a better villain actor anyway. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would go from not interested at all to much more interested about, the third Me too. <laughs> I'd go just to see Mads Mikkelsen. So yeah, I would too. So Johnny I mean, Depp, I you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember a lot about the Grindelwald character, but I mean, just like even his design, like screams a Mads Mikkelsen character. So like, I think it'll work. That's that just would have um, been better casting in the first place and cheaper. It would have been. Yeah. So I'm curious. Also, though, Johnny when, Depp's. I was going to say, I'm curious. Uh, so the internet is defending Johnny Depp, but they also love Mads Mikkelsen. So what's kind of the, what's going on? <laughs> kind of what, from what I'm seeing, like it, it's a lot of, it's very mixed. Like people, it's a lot of people very angry about Johnny Depp, but then being like, don't get me wrong. I like Mads Mikkelsen and I think he'd be really good, but like, <laughs> I'm like Johnny Depp shouldn't have been fired. It's a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, I mean, I mean, obviously, I don't I don't really have a whole opinion on the whole like controversy. A lot of people are rallying about getting his ex-wife, Amber Heard, like removed from Aquaman, too, because she's embroiled in this, too. So they're mad that she's not getting kicked out. I don't know. It's a whole thing. <laughs> and I don't care. I don't either. I don't care enough about Aquaman, too. <laughs> <laughs> I still not seen Aquaman. Yeah, it's uh, not on so HBO Max anymore. For some you know reason, what? They I'll give it, it a broke. I'll give this a broke. I'll hold and get Mads Mikkelsen I will in there. Too. <laughs> <laughs> this 
This will, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I would be much more interested in this movie if he joins. That was just oh the better God. cast decision in the first place. Yeah. Why didn't they do that? Why didn't they think of Mads Mikkelsen? He would just have, have Mads Mikkelsen. Would have been for way cheaper. Villain. Would have been way better. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure Johnny Depp cost a fortune. And plus they I don't I'm not sure if I said last week he's still getting fully paid for the movie. Johnny Depp is. Oh wow. Yeah. Like that I mean cuz a lot of people online are like angry about oh they fired him, but they didn't really fire him. They just asked him to leave because he like was embroiled with court battles and stuff and so he didn't really have time. And so it wasn't like completely Warner Bros just firing him and being ang- and Johnny Depp being angry. I think the internet's internet's really worked up about it. What the internet's worked um, up about something and making something a bigger the deal than it is? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's next, Holden? Next up, this is this was pretty surprising to hear this week, but there's actually a Quiet Place spin-off movie in the works. Jimmy, did you see this? I did not. I didn't hear about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's based on an original idea by John Krasinski. Um, it's not going to be directed by him, though. It will be directed by Jeff Nichols, who is has directed the films Mud and uh, Loving, which are both very well-received films. I think they were both Oscar contenders. Excuse me. Sprite burps. Yum, yum. Um, but at the, to clarify, this will not be Quiet Place 3. It's going to be a different thing just in the same universe uh, and it's going to be released in 2022 so all right i don't i what do you think jimmy bergeron yeah i mean we really don't know anything about it so (laughs) (laughs) aside from what i said uh bergeron um this is kind of more for me just because i'm such a fan but the lilo and stitch live action movie which we had talked about um I don't know. I feel like that was last spring. Um, it's apparently going to be directed by John Chu, uh, who is the director off of the very successful uh, Crazy Rich Asians, which I think came out last year or two years ago. I don't know when that came out. I have seen it. Two um, years ago? I have not seen it. Okay. Did it get nominated yeah. for uh, Best Picture? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. It was all right. It was just kind of a... It was a nice romantic comedy with, yeah, it was cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I He's a, at least from that one movie, I didn't really look too much into what else he's directed, but from that one movie, he seems to be a pretty good director. I'm a big fan of Lilo and Stitch. Uh, it is my favorite Disney movie. I don't, I don't have huge hopes for a live action adaptation just because, I mean, what, the only really one that's improved on the original so far has been like the Jungle Book. Maybe Pete's Dragon. I never saw Pete's Dragon. I forgot <laughs> kind of that, forgot movie that came, came out, out until. I, yeah, I forgot that came out until I think earlier this week. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you have any opinion on that, Jimmy? No, Bergeron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bergeron for me. Uh, this was this was also very surprising. So believe it or not, Jimmy, Bloodshot Two is happening. I didn't. We didn't even see Bloodshot, Holden. One of the few movies know, that came I out know. this year. I know, <laughs> but I thought this was, re- I thought it was just funny because I mean, I think they're really giving themselves an excuse with COVID just for the movie not doing well. I don't think it would have done well anyway, just based on like, I didn't really see anyone like hyping it up. 
Uh, but the quote I found about it was, I think Bloodshot was very successful in that respect. A lot of people saw it and it did very well in the post-release rollout, but you can't use the same evaluation process process pre-COVID to this. Vin Diesel and all those people are going to still continue. Yes, because it did so well and the response to it has all been so well. It's just the response has been in a non-transparent environment as opposed to a transparent environment like box office numbers. Apparently, and I didn't realize this, it has done better. It did better than Birds of Prey did, like in what? streaming. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So apparently more people at home watched Bloodshot than they watched Birds of Prey. Wow. yikes yeah so I mean whatever they're trying to make a whole cinematic universe off of this because this is Valiant Comics which is kind of it's this more it's there's a few like kind of tertiary or secondary I guess rather um, comic uh, brands and this is kind of one of the bigger ones of those they want to make their own cinematic universe because of course they do um yeah, I don't know. It looked bad. <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb and say Bombadil. Yeah, me too. Me too. Why not? I probably will not watch the first. We probably won't watch this next one. No. Um, we should probably... We, let's just, just go to the second one without seeing the first yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> no context to the first one. There we go. Maybe it'll be like Ouija 2 where the first Ouija film was terrible and the second one was actually all right. <laughs> Have you seen the first one? No, I, j- I, I think the first one got like a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that, like that low. And then the second one is like actually a pretty good movie. It's like the director of Doctor Sleep and Haunting of Hill House. Oh, really? And stuff. <laughs> yeah. Ouija. What a Mike dumb Flanagan. word. O-U-I-J-A. Ouija. Yeah, right? Stupid. Whatever. <laughs> Whoever said that was the word for it. Yeah, the spelling. Uh, and then my my last bit of news um, is this was also very surprising. I and this is also another movie I haven't seen, but I'm kind of interested in. It's uh, Constantine Two. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Constantine is a DC film that came out in like 2005, um, and it stars Keanu Reeves, um, which it makes sense that it's making a resurgence with the Keanu uh, Reeves Renaissance. Um, but it's it's him and he's kind of like this d- detective but he uses magic and focus and like a lot of dark arts stuff and there's like monsters it's very supernatural-esque and like it, he's a pretty cool character in like the comics very popular and, and the d- like the animated stuff i've seen with him he's pretty cool um but anyway uh, apparently peter stormare uh well-known actor from movies like Fargo and John Wick and stuff like that. Uh, he played Satan in the original, I think the main antagonist. And he said that in a caption on uh, Instagram of a photo of him from the movie, he said, uh, sequel is in the works. And that's all he really said. Um, and it, like I said, it makes sense because Keanu Reeves is more popular than he's ever been. I think the movie originally wasn't considered that good, but it's kind of got a cult following since then. So, Yeah. That's a lot to throw at you, Jimmy, for a movie you've probably never heard of. I've heard of it. I've just never seen it. I think of the Roman Emperor when I think of Constantine. Mm. I didn't know there was a Roman Emperor named Constantine. He made Christianity (laughs) the official religion of the Roman Empire, which helped Christianity spread. One of the most influential and important people in the world changed the course of world history. Cool. 
There you go. <laughs> no, he, he was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then Holden's like, yeah, Constantine's a movie from 2005 starring Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I'll give it a Bergeron. It is. I'm uh yeah, I'll give it a Bergeron. I'll, I, I'm actually kind of interested in watching this first movie. So if this actually gets made, I'll probably go back and watch it. Why don't you learn who Constantine um, is, huh? Constantinople. <laughs> is there a movie about Emperor Constantine? There's there's nine of them about Emperor Palpatine. Oh, okay. <laughs> that wasn't helpful. Uh, Jimmy, did, was there any gaming news this week? Uh, well, last week we didn't talk about this. I thought about maybe talking about a little bit about the how people are raving about like the Dual Sense controller on the PS Five. With oh, like sure. all that, have you been hearing about all the haptics and the the adaptive triggers are what people really like in terms of like I know that the Astros Playroom game that comes with it based off the Astrobot VR game and like the like the one game that came with like the Sony camera when like the PS4 first came out but um I've heard it's that's really good and like quite amazing for a controller although I guess like Spider-Man doesn't really take advantage of it which is disappointing yeah yeah I want I mean I wonder that seems like something maybe like the Wii where it's just kind of like some people will take full advantage of it, but most people won't. Yeah. It's just I, another although thing. There's like some cool implementations already. I know that like Call of Duty, they're like making each gun feel different with the adaptive triggers. Oh, yeah. I, I did hear about that bit. And yeah. like in like the NBA 2K game, like it's like there's like the one of the triggers is like the sprint button. And it like sure. as your player tires, it's literally harder for you to get them to run. Really? Yeah. There's just a bunch huh. of different things. And then I guess the haptics are so finely tuned that you can tell like what your character's surface is running on, like whether it be like wood or glass or metal, at least for Astro's Weird. player. But, and huh. just in general that the controller feels really good. Um, as someone who, who that was a big selling point for me getting an Xbox One originally over a PS4, it was like I liked the Xbox controller better. Not that the DualShock 4 is bad, but like... Mm-hmm. It's a huge step up, in my opinion, from the DualShock 3. Uh, but I, I, I think that's great. It's, it's like a good in-between, it sounds like, with some extra yeah. features that could be really awesome if developers take advantage of them. I think it's pretty cool how well, like, everyone's talking about how cool the Astrobot game is. And it's like, comes with the PS5. So, you don't even have to pay for it. No, man. You just have to get the PS5. <laughs> yeah. That's the hard part. That's the real challenge right now. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, gosh. That's my, I'm like, I really want to play Spider-Man Miles Morales, but I, I want to wait until I have a PS5. <laughs> Me too. And I want to wait for Ghost of Tsushima because that has like runs at 4K60 on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Or or 1440p60 or what. It's the same PS4 Pro version, but it runs at 60 frames per second. Jeez. Yeah, I want to wait for those. And it looks so... I want to just play that game. It looks so good. I just want a PS5, Jimmy. I just want a PS5. What's the deal with these PS5 pre-orders? Yeah. Hey, Sony. uh, Hey, Sony, thanks for getting back on me entering my PSN ID into the thing to (laughs) pre-order one. But no, crickets. Bunch of crickets running, uh, Sony. Has the Xbox Series X come out? Yeah, it came out November 10th, two days before PlayStation 5. Oh, okay. 
Did not know that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, I'm going to get a PlayStation 5. One, the exclusives, two, VR. I mean, there's like, um, until, until Xbox has an exclusive that is just a must play, I just have like no, no reason to get one. Plus the X Cloud really stuff wanna, and all that. So I don't really want to play the uh, play Halo Infinite that yeah. bad. So no, I, I I would rather just not play it. Actually, <laughs> rather <laughs> just have that time in my life. So uh, yeah, I'll <laughs> give right, the Dual Sense controller a, a Broca and Sony pre-ordering system a Bombadil. Yeah, me too. I'll I'll second both of those. Okay, that's it for Tom's for us this week. Uh, so let's go on to our review of the new Mandalorian episode. Hold right, Jimmy. Oh, sorry. Oh. I sp- no. Oh, wait, no. You go. You know I go. You know what's great about doing this remotely, <laughs> Holden, is that I can just cut out the part where we talk over each other. But the only thing is I have to, one of us has to just confidently keep talking and I just ruined that by just going, oh, oops, sorry. Oh, so oop, oop, oop. now I got to leave it yeah. in. So good job, <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah. Now it's a goof that everyone has to hear. So <laughs> now it's a goof. So basically what I'm saying is I'm just going to talk over you the whole time and cut out all your stuff. Oh my God. Um, I thought but, you did that already. Yeah. <laughs> but hold on. We're going to be talking spoilers because why would you leave me listen to this? listening to this if you yeah. hadn't seen it so go watch it yeah S- or it's spoilers. not and just come back <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right olden this is chapter 11 we're the the new season's happening nothing has happened still three <laughs> episodes into the season my goodness let's go <laughs> gee whiz backdoor pilots much did That's you not like reaction. this episode? No, six out of ten. I liked this episode a lot. <laughs> I thought there was n- okay. Bo-Katan's here. Cool. Why is he I didn't so even trusting know who of? Was why is he so trusting of other people? I'm like, yeah, this is definitely going to be a trap. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, oh, let's take over this imperial thing. Cool. I actually, this was like one of my favorite episodes of the whole series. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. This might be my least favorite episode of the whole show. I enjoyed Why? the last week's episode <laughs> more. What? Because nothing, still nothing has happened. Like the frog people are safe. Nothing has come of the them Yoda eating frogs yet. I think more has happened in this episode than the last two episodes. I don't know about that. Bo-Katan also, shows up and she's like, go find Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. I didn't know who Bo-Katan was until I had to look it up. I was like, well, she's in Clone Wars more, so you'll get to know her. Yeah. Um, I Okay, I really liked this. It, it was brisk, which the All other right, two episodes me over, of the season... Win okay, me over. The, uh, the other two episodes of the season were not... They were so long. That was... That was I think a problem that I didn't mention is that for the content they had, it was so long. This episode was literally a half hour and I thought it was pretty well paced. Honestly. Um, I thought the soundtrack in this was really good. Actually. I think this was the first time this season so far that the soundtrack has actually stood out to me. 
And I was like kind of disappointed that they haven't released the soundtrack for this any of the episodes this season yet. Um, but I thought it was very good, especially like in the scenes where they were like crashing the ship at the beginning and stuff, or they were trying to land it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I thought the action was good. I mean, I don't think it was necessarily better than in the other episodes where they fight like stormtroopers and stuff, but I thought it was very solid. Um, I thought, um, I mean, visually still very, very good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a very, very solid episode. And I think I like, I, I kind of agree that not a lot happened, but I, I just, I think I'm just so happy that stuff actually happened in any sort of capacity. Cause I do think a little bit happened, but it, yeah, I don't know. I just was, I was just like, I don't care about this. It's another thing. He goes to a place and I'm like, well, you need to help me with this. It just feels so video gamey. And like, I guess this is just what this show is, is that every episode's this little micro story and it's kind of connects to this bigger thing. And, and some episodes are more important than others. It just feels like each episode is more so its own thing than this overarching story. And I, I guess it yeah. just, I prefer the more momentum towards the larger overarching story and there just really isn't over the first three episodes so far yeah i can agree with that um yeah i get i don't know i guess it didn't bother me as much in this episode as opposed to the last two just because there were more i don't know there were more connections to where i think the plot will go i mean i i thought the revelation i mean the whole revelation about like the Mandalorian being part of this like crazy religious cult was kind of cool. I think that that's was, an interesting, yeah, that was okay. Yes. Yeah. I think that's that. like an interesting dynamic that will, I'm sure will come into play. And honestly, I was talking about this with my girlfriend. I think that is the perfect opportunity for Disney at the end of the season to be like, all right, he's going to wear his helmet less. So then well, Pedro which Pascal is, can which play. Is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pedro Pascal doesn't have well, to be or like, the upset. opposite or the opposite where he distances himself from the Mandalorians that could be too because why would the creators have made such a big deal out of it yeah I mean obviously I think they I, I think that'll be played into more so as the season goes on I'm sure that'll be a reoccurring uh, thing um so I liked that I mean I even, even though, I mean, it wasn't, like, huge to the plot, I did appreciate the reappearance of Moff Gideon a little bit. Um, uh-huh. That was cool. Um, and I think, I, I mean, a lot of the side characters, I think you can argue that have been introduced, I think will not play a larger role, like Amy Sedaris's character or, like, Timothy Oliphant, like, all from the first episode. I don't think they'll be very big. I would not, I mean, I think these other Mandalorians will show up again, at least, at least a couple more times. That's kind of the indication I would get. I'm um, yeah, kind of going. I I agree with that. But for me, I'm getting really sick of oh, we're in danger. Oh, someone comes to save the day. This has happened so many times in this show already, yeah. and it's and happened back to back episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, I'm getting really sick of it. It seems just so convenient. I mean, like. It just start. It's starting to feel more like a dumbed down kid show, to me. 
yeah. than I was hoping I it would be. That. And I guess I just have to come to terms with what it is. Is that fair? Yeah. Or no, I you think know what I'm that, saying? Like, it just seems fair. like, oh, he's in danger. And uh, I mean, it feels like classic Hollywood stuff. And it just, I was hoping for something just a little bit better written, I guess, in my <laughs> opinion. I don't again, know. I think the dialogue is just not very good. I think I'll I'll have to see like the next episode for me to like if see if I'm feeling that way. I like for me this episode was just different enough. Like I get it did follow a similar a similar formula to the last two episodes, but it was just different enough and introduced some new things that it kept me interested and actually rather rather invested if I'm being honest. Um and but I mean if the next episode is just kind of the same formula again, I'm sure I'll I'll feel the same way. I guess maybe it's the whole I I watched this one on did I watch this one on the treadmill or no? Maybe, no, maybe I didn't. I did not. I thought I was gonna say I thought I watched it on the treadmill and it's like it just kind of polarizes my opinion a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm bored <laughs> watching it, then it just is extra bad. But I did not watch this one on the treadmill, so Sure. Yeah, I don't I just like I don't know. I I I feel like the rest of the season is going to pick up and actually go places whereas one can hope <laughs> i it just seems very formulaic to me and a lot of yeah. fan fiction that just it feels like empty spectacle to me at this point yeah i'm kind of like worried. oh here's boba fett oh here's bo katan oh ahsoka tano's gonna be in the show now like yeah it, i it's not feeling po- as it's not feeling as organic my problem with I when they introduce Ahsoka is like if they're just gonna have her be in one episode, then it was obviously just a backdoor pilot, which is apparently what that Boba Fett appearance was, unless somehow he shows up again. Because like as I mentioned, either last week or the week week before, they're gonna make another. They're gonna make a Boba Fett show. <laughs> I like. That I don't. Not have been a backdoor pilot. They need to do something with that. Yeah. Right. Like, what is the point of having him in here if you're? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 if this season is just a series of backdoor pilots, that will be annoying and it won't make me mad. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I've been not in, compelled by much that has happened so far this season. If I'm going to be honest, like I have not had any, none of these three episodes are in my top five probably for the show <laughs> i would probably put this one in my top five i don't know where i would put it but yeah yeah so that's that's where i'm at i i guess i might be just <laughs> bryce dallas howard's directing too because her episode last year was my least favorite episode of season one as well which was the the one with the atsd yeah yeah See, for so, me, I was like, this is so much better than that. I thought this was way better than that one. I was like, wow, she got better. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I didn't, I have I have not enjoyed this season that much so far. I mean, I've been, like, entertained for the most part. Yeah. This was my least favorite episode of the three, though. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah. Any Anything else you want to say? Any conjectures you want to make? No. What do you what no, do you think's going to happen with Baby Yoda and the frog eggs? 
I'm sure nothing. <laughs> nothing? They've what built it mean? up so much. What? You Are you thinking they're going to hatch in his stomach or something? Well, there has to be some sort of payoff. There has been no payoff to that. I don't, I don't think there has to be a payoff to that. <laughs> They've made such a big deal out of it. And nothing like, has happened. I thought it was just supposed to be like cute baby. That's all I thought was like, oh, it's just baby Yoda being baby Yoda. Yeah, but then they leave him with the family again with the eggs. Yeah. I but they, I, but I, they, I mean, they picked him up and they, they, like, I assume the family was watching him pretty much the whole well, time. Well, yeah, no, he didn't eat the eggs because I was like, yeah. oh, he's going to eat the eggs from them and then they're going to be ticked off. But then, no, he just picks them up and they're just watching him hatch. So and I'm or unless he just decides, oh, I'm not gonna eat. He becomes a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it, it could be what classifies as character growth for a, a puppet that doesn't talk. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe he just eats something that's gonna be really nasty, huh? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's got to be some sort of payoff, Holden. I do, I check don't, offs, I, I do not think baby Yoda eating off. eggs. <laughs> we'll see. Well. You know nothing of screenwriting. <laughs> <laughs> Six out of ten. What are you giving it, Olin? I'll give it a, a nine out of ten. Oh, wow. Jeez. Better I'm... than Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's too bad that you're that wrong. I'm, I'm, you know what, Holden? I'm happy that you enjoyed it. Yeah. Even I'm if it was pretty I, mediocre. <laughs> I am surprised you didn't like it. I was expecting we were going to come here and both be very excited about this episode. No. Guess not. I'm glad that the main antagonist of the show has finally made an appearance for 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Bo-Katan's like... Is Bo-Katan was like, where's the Darksaber? Is that I think her? she said something like that. Yeah, because the Darksaber is like a Mandalorian artifact or something. So, makes sense Neat. that she would have she would be looking for it. Can't wait for Ahsoka Tano. Yep. Please actually be a character in the show. <laughs> right now, Frog uh, Lady has been the most prominent side character, other than yeah, right. Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian. I like. You know what? Ahsoka is a really cool character. I really hope they translate her well. She is really cool. So don't blow it. Don't blow it. All right. Um, Anything yeah. else? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, then let's review Whiplash. Oops. Holden, Whiplash is a film from 2014, right? Yes. Written and directed by Damien Chazelle course yes. who is the writer director of la la land as well yes. as uh the director of first man yes. the movie that nobody saw that i really liked i still haven't seen it for some reason i think it's quite good each of his three movies have been my favorite movie of the year that they came out really they're not although i, I guess got a text i bet you got the text too <laughs> unless uh did Ex Machina come out in 2014? I think they considered uh, it 2015, right? I feel like it's 2015. It might have been a little of both. Um, 
but yeah, I, Damien Chazelle, he's a really good director. He's also still like 36 or something. So I think he's like younger than that. I think he's 32. Is he 32? I think so. I think I was just looking him up after I watched the movie. Damien Chazelle. I'll, I'll look him up. Anyway, this movie, he made this movie because he had written La La Land and he's 35. About to be 36 in January. He wrote La La Land, I think, in 2010, but he yeah. it was like nobody would pick it up because, I mean, it's going to cost a pretty penny to make La La Land yeah. the way he wanted to. Uh, so basically, he made the same movie, <laughs> but <laughs> he calls uh, Whiplash is a lot angrier about it, the same themes, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is very accurate because there's a, quite a few thematic parallels between them. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. And this is like the stylized indie version of La La Land with a lot of grunge, I mean, grungy edges and thematically. Yes. I mean, I think I think other than that, they're quite different. But yeah. Yeah, there I mean, there's a lot of there's obviously a lot of differences, but yeah. um, Yeah. And it's really good. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I whiplash. This is this has to be sixth or seventh time i've seen this movie like i this wow, is really i haven't realized that you i haven't realized that you've seen it that much yeah i mean i have i feel like i have quite a history with the movie just because like when this first came out uh shout out to tommy ward who listens to this podcast even though i don't think he's the one who i don't know who requested this but um he's he actually when this movie first came out he got me a bootleg copy i had wow. it on a cd I had a CD copy of this movie that he, he had CD copy. Me. You listened to it. Okay. DVD copy, just a blank DVD that he had burned with the movie. I, I watched it on my computer. I really liked it. And I think that Christmas I asked for it on DVD. And so I've had it on DVD um, and I've had it on voodoo and stuff. So I, I occasionally, if I'm just like bored or don't, don't know what to watch, I'll turn it on. I've played a drinking game with whiplash. <laughs> Which that, that is a pretty good drinking game for that. Um, but yeah, I this is one of my favorite movies, and it's right up there with La La Land for me. I I mean, they're they're I do like La La Land more, but it's uh it's still up in my top ten. I think it's just very, I think it's pretty close to perfect in most ways. I yeah, mean, I was just gonna I, mean, s- I was gonna say um my rating ten. I mean, I I, I yeah, don't me think too. there's any significant. <laughs> thing i can dock this movie for i just like it is fantastic in all regards it is the writing acting editing style pacing themes so just across the board (laughs) i'm just like smiling thinking about the movie like that's i just love it (laughs) just like i knew it it was good because i had watched it with you once and then watching yeah. it again, I was like, well, that was just flawless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah. And, you know, even upon whatever time this is, I've watched it. Like, I feel like I keep picking up on more, like, mostly visual things, I think. But, like, there's, there's just some, there's so many subtleties to the style and the editing that I'm like, I'm, I'm still picking up things the more I watch it. Yeah, it it just has this momentum too that it keeps building, mm-hmm. and I love the the moral ambiguity of it too. Oh yeah, and just the 
the gray line of what it, like think, what is too far what is worthwhile what do you what should you actually value what's most yeah. important and is it more important to live a happy life or a life you or you are remembered no. you know i i realized we didn't give a synopsis of this movie so anyone who doesn't know what oh, yeah. flash is is just kind of <laughs> listening to us say this and be like what the heck anyway it's about um andrew um he's Neiman. a, a sp- Andrew Neiman, yeah, he is. Is it Andrew Neiman? Because like, yeah. J.K. Simmons calls him Neiman, but I'm pretty sure when he introduces himself, he says something. He says like Nyman or something like that. And I, from oh, what I, I think know. about, like, is J.K. Simmons the only one that ever says his last name after that point? Like, maybe <laughs> he's just mispronouncing his name throughout the whole movie. I don't know. Regard, we can say Andrew Neiman. Doesn't matter. Um, Andrew Neiman, uh, he is an aspiring drummer. Um, like very, he's, he's into all the big wigs, you know, like Buddy Rich and all the, all those famous jazz drummers. Um, and he is going to what is, or at least he considers the best music school in the country, Schaefer Conservatory. Um, and he's there and he wants to be the best. And there's JK Simmons character has, is the director of the best, the top jazz band at the, at the school. Uh, and he's, goals to kind of be in that band and grow and learn and be good yeah but jk simmons is very demanding and mean yes (laughs) yes yes um i think i mean we can talk about those characters a lot of what jk simmons does i want to leave for spoilers because i think a lot of like if you don't know this movie or you don't know much about this movie a lot of what will happen or what he does will very much surprise you um, but very he is, intense. yeah, I mean, he is fantastic. I think, I mean, I had seen obviously like Spider-Man and stuff before this with JK Simmons in it, but I've, I mean, after having watched this movie way back in like 2014 or whatever, I, this, this made me like start looking out for JK Simmons and wanting to watch things that he's in. Cause he is just, he's so good <laughs> in this yeah, movie. Academy he's award so, winning best supporting yeah. actor for this movie. Yeah. He's intense. He's domineering. He's weirdly, I mean, he can be sensitive or at least act like he he is. He can be, I mean, he just has the full range here and I think it works really well. And just, he's, he's constantly looking like he's about to pop a blood vessel (laughs) in his head. And Um, he's jacked. He is jacked. (laughs) That, uh, I, the comparison I made when I watched it with my roommates one time was, Stanley Tucci has a very similar body type where if you just he just wears a t-shirt then his just arms look like <laughs> absolutely jacked. It's pretty funny. Um but I he's just yeah, I don't know. I I really don't know what what else to say about JK Simmons. What probably one of my favorite performances ever honestly. I think he's just amazing. Everything about yeah, him. He, I and he is he's really good. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I, Miles Teller is good too. Like, um, yeah. I would not as much to write home about though yeah. as J.K. Simmons th- in this one. Yeah, and I mean his character is a lot more understated for most of the movie, so it's I think he's just outshone by J.K. Simmons a lot. Like he's still good for the character. Yeah, and he was supposed to play Sebastian in La La Land. I'm not sure I knew that. Why wasn't he? Mm-hmm. I don't remember why he didn't 
but uh, Ryan Gosling obviously came in. It was supposed to be it was supposed to be Miles Teller and Emma Watson, and Emma Watson turned down the role for play uh, Belle in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. And Ryan Gosling turned down the role of the Beast to play Sebastian in La La Land. So. One of those two okay. actors made the correct decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Nothing I mean, I think. Uh, Beast, I mean, I don't have much against Miles Teller. I don't. I really don't think. But I think Ryan Gosling was the much better choice. Yeah. Happy he got the part. Um, I am too. Anyway, Whiplash. Whiplash. Uh, I'm trying to think, what is it? What to talk about, non-spoiler wise? Music. It's just music i mean it's good yeah <laughs> i mean it's it got it, it's very jazzy i mean because the movie is about jazz um it's honestly the arrangement of caravan which kind of makes the climax of the movie i won't talk about that too much but i that is maybe my favorite arrangement of caravan i mean that's a very classic jazz standard at this point but i i do listen to that like the soundtrack version of that song quite a bit um that chart but, that chart come on all <laughs> the tune uh yeah and i also i also like the the movie the the, the film's like overture kind of song main theme i think that's also quite good yeah I mean, music's great the style the color is very yellow yeah it's weird not a lot of films look like this movie which is just interesting um, Usually I'm not like yes. a huge fan of it looking, especially like a warm color. I'm not like a fan of yellow, but I think it works for this movie really well. It does. A lot of it takes place in like very dimly lit rooms. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's as much yellow when they're outside of the school. I wonder if that's just when they're in the school that it's like yellow or, or like and performing. during performances. Yeah. 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 It's just, yeah, the the editing is really cool. There's a lot of, like, macro shots of things, really close-up mm-hmm. shots, quickly edited together to the yeah. music. That's just, it has a very satisfying feel to it. If and I have, just, like... Oh, good. If I, if I had one cri- criticism, and I'm not going to hold this against the movie because I don't care that much, it's just, the, like, the the editing like the instruments don't always line up with what's playing in the audio yeah like the you can tell like the i mean i'm a trumpet player so i can tell that what the trumpet players are playing usually it's whenever they're doing the quick cuts it's not so much when they're doing kind of the the shots of the full band but like whenever they're doing the quick cuts of just everyone playing their instruments and stuff i i can tell that they're not they're not playing what's being played but don't really care that much yeah uh i'm trying to think of things to just talk about non-spoiler wise there's so much to talk about with spoilers that i think like i guess maybe who is this movie who would this movie resonate with the most if you like i mean music yeah if you're if you're at all involved in music i think this movie's perfect for you if you went to high school for music or like we're in in music in high school if you were in music in college obviously that's kind of what <laughs> that is what this movie is about um so that that's also very good but if you're just a fan of music you don't even have to be like a big fan of jazz or anything it's just you if you've played an instrument you kind of get what this movie is saying and what this movie is doing um with the i mean 
you, if you've ever wanted to be better at anything, honestly, you can tell, you can see where like Andrew's coming from in the movie and what his, his drive and kind of where his character, well, I can't really talk about it too much. I want to, I want to talk about that in spoilers, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I th- honestly, I think this is pretty good for anyone. I think it's a very accessible in, I mean, it technically is like an indie movie kind of thing, but I think it's very accessible to anyone. Like people might like scoff at it and be like, oh, is this like an art house, artsy fartsy movie? It's not. I think it's really it's anyone. really easy to follow. Yeah, it is. There's, It's not. I mean, there is a lot of very thematic, a uh, very lot of thematic depth in it, but you don't have to read into it to enjoy it or like to get it. No, which is On, cool. That that, that yeah. it has so much depth, but at the same time, it's it is quite accessible. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't, I wasn't picking up on a lot of what it was trying to say until you know, probably third watch. Just because first couple watches, it was more like, oh, this is this is a jazz movie. I like this. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, obviously, since I've I've come to appreciate it for much more than that. Yeah, should we just should we go into spoilers? Just go in there. Yeah, I think so. Can't think of much else to say. We gave our ratings. Did you give your rating? 10? Yeah, I said 10. Yeah, we both said 10. Yeah, awesome movie. Watch it as soon as you can. Yeah, watch it and then come back and listen to spoilers and gush over it with us. Yes. All right, hold on. On to spoilers. Um... We can talk about while well, well, I'm still thinking about it. We can talk about the, I I think th- probably the most fascinating part of this movie is just like the th- how J.K. Simmons' character is just like it, it it's he's so paralleled to Andrew, but it's it's like Andrew in the future almost like it's kind of what like he's almost like he's like a warning to Andrew I think, and I don't think J.K. Simmons' character is all all bad but like he's obsessed with like finding the next as he says the next charlie parker the next great jazz musician he's obsessed with it it's similar to how andrew is obsessed with like you know playing the drums getting really good at the drums and as we kind of see throughout the movie that like that messes with andrew's life around him with his i mean with his family and with his uh with his girlfriend at one point um but I think I just think the parallel between those characters is probably the coolest part. Yeah, well, I just my my favorite part is is J.K. Simmons a villain? Simmons. J.K. Simmons is he the villain? Like, is he a bad guy? Because yeah. ultimately, he got Andrew the Charlie Parker moment. Yeah, and that doesn't happen. Probably without him pushing him to the absolute limit. Yeah. Where he was very close to just being done. Yeah. And he had and already like, given up. Yeah, he had. It was really just quite, a, I mean, it was literally a lucky break, honestly, that Andrew was able to have this opportunity at the end of the movie. He just literally wandered into a bar, <laughs> found J.K. Simmons. Um. Yeah, no, I, I the moral ambiguity of all that, like, because, it, yeah, it's it's very good. Is he going too far? Yeah. Well, yeah, what, and is it worth it? Yeah. For both, I mean, 
him just destroying his whole life yeah. to do that, throwing everyone to the side to pursue greatness. And then even when he's there, is that a success? You know, was Charlie yeah. Parker a success? Well, yeah. and it's like, I think probably one of the more powerful moments of the movie is just like when, you know, when J.K. Simmons, I can't, why can't I remember that, his character's name? I've seen this movie so many times. What's it's, this? Uh, is it Fletcher? Fletcher, I want to say. Something Fletcher, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm, scr- oh, I can't open his, Chrome or else this will. Is his last name. Just look it yeah. up on your phone, Holden. My phone is on my bed behind me, and I can't oh reach it because it's charging. It yeah, look it up. I think his last anyway, name is Fletcher. That's what I wanted to say, too. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, anyway, I, I think, like, this movie, one of the more powerful parts of this movie is, like, when he figures out that his student had committed suicide. And I think that's, like, that moment is powerful in multiple ways just because, I mean, you have J.K. Simmons giving this very, his character who up to this point had been very aggressive, very mean, I mean, very just, he's pushing everyone. And then you have this kind of like tender moment that he gives, but it's, it's not only emotional for that. It's also emotional because you realize just how far he'll go. He literally, he does not have a limit. He like, he pushed this guy so hard and like, while it's not officially said that like J.K. Simmons or Fletcher is the reason why he committed suicide, it's strongly implied based on like the stress that this person had gone through that uh, he was one of the big reasons. Um, so I think just that that moment is fantastic because it has a lot of emotional var- variability. Yeah, it sh- I mean, it shows that he cares. Yeah, he does. He he genuinely he genuinely cares. Maybe not even about the person, but just the craft. He did. It's like this I mean, guy played. He says, I just wanted you to let yeah. you know that he was a beautiful player. Yeah, that makes You know what? That's a good point because he talks about this guy when he's like mourning him. He talks about him and just basically talks about his playing and talks about how he was, you know, one of the best trumpet players he'd ever heard and all that. And he doesn't really talk about the student as a person. That's a good point. Yeah. It's, it is such a interesting movie. And, a, and again, just like La La Land, the ending just seals it. Yeah. <laughs> because here he, a, is, how- here he is ready, Fletcher, which is his name, uh, Terrence Fletcher, is just trying to screw him over. Yeah. Push the, I, I honestly think he's not, he's just there to screw him over and he's not anticipating the Charlie Parker moment. But yeah, I don't know. But, no, I, I, I'm pretty sure. And then, but when it starts happening, I feel like there's a, a shift in the scene where he's like, "Oh no, this is the moment," and it starts to feel that. And then he gives that like look of like, "Yes, this yeah, he was gives the that moment." Smile. Yeah. And that, and then to end right there. Yeah. Is, yeah. It's I just th- one of the most satisfying moments to end any yeah. movie, really. And I, th- I mean, I love the shot of him where you can tell he's like smiling, but you can't actually see it. I love that. Yeah. The, is it the penultimate shot? Yeah, I think so. Because the last shot is is the drums. I can't do good drum sounds, but you get it. <laughs> uh, one of the final few shots is, yeah, it's just that sequence is incredible. 
and how it evolves and the playing. And honestly, I didn't realize until this time just how there's so many shots just up close of Fletcher's face in this movie. <laughs> like it's, I mean, it's there's a lot of variability and like what the shot is conveying and stuff and what he's, what he's showing with his emotion. But like, it's, it's kind of funny just how often they, they zoom in so close on his face. I didn't pick up on that. Not until the last one. Uh, um, yeah. I, I have a, okay. I have a question for you just for what you think. Like I, I, <laughs> and I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's supposed to be an actual explanation in the movie, but like when Andrew loses his folder, what happened to the folder? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. I'm like, if there's anything you could really say is like, there's no real explanation for how that folder could just be gone in a split second. Yeah. Cause he really, w- I mean, he did not leave it alone for more than like a second or two, at least according to the movie. Um, and he didn't intentionally lose it. No. Yeah, so it's one thing if you like intentionally put it behind something, but yeah, and I like, I mean, he says like, oh, maybe it's a janitor or something. I'm like, yeah, but a janitor wouldn't just like take, like, he wouldn't just throw away a folder (laughs) and also be Batman. Yeah, (laughs) disappear. Quiet. I, I mean, I've seen the movie so many times that it doesn't affect me anymore. But Jesus, the first time he gets hit by a car, the first time like that happened and I saw that part, I I have never been so stressed out in a movie than that whole like him like late to the gig and then having to go back and get his sticks and then getting hit by a car. Yeah, it's it's intense. And then his sticks are just falling out of his hand. He's like bleeding all over the drum set. Yeah. He tackles him. You just, like, you feel bad for him, (laughs) kind of, even though he's, like... But he's also just a terrible person. Yeah. So unlikable. That, oh, my God, that scene where he breaks up with his girlfriend is... (laughs) I'm just sitting there, like, how can anyone think this way? Like, it makes sense for him to think that way, like, based on the, like, the way the, the movie portrays him, but I just... I cannot imagine knowing anyone like that. All I know is that Damien Chazelle must have some real relational trauma. Because <laughs> <laughs> both of, both La La Land and Whiplash are about just the sacrifice of going after your dreams, especially in terms of relationships. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, okay. So I mentioned... I don't know if I'd mentioned this to you before, but I think it's really funny that in this, in La La Land, Damien Chazelle gives two contradictory stories as to how Charlie Parker got his nickname. Because in this, it's like, like the I mean, it's the story of the symbol being thrown over his head, which I'm pretty sure is the truce, or, yeah. That's I'm not how sure he gets his name, tr- though, right? Did they say that's, that's how, why that's what name. That's what Fletcher says in this movie. Or it's something like that. It's based around. Okay, it's. I can't remember exactly what he says. It's based around that moment, though. I don't remember him saying that's why he was called the bird. I'm pretty sure that's what is said. I. I mean, you've seen it seven times. I just that that (laughs) story is like the legend of Charlie Parker. Yeah, yeah. I and And I. They don't talk about that in La La Land. 
yeah, I don't think that moment is exactly why. I think it's. I think that's part of the story that Fletcher tells, but I, I can't remember exactly what it is. Um, but anyway, and then in La La Land, it's the whole he ate a lot of chicken or whatever, right? Yeah, isn't that what Ryan Gosling? Yeah, says? about the name. I don't remember them talking about the name and in, in Whiplash. Okay, so. I'm pretty sure they do. I feel like I've okay. I mean, you've seen before. it seven times, yeah. so I'll I'll. Yeah. <laughs> but i mean it uh, but if he does i mean if it is like if he for sure does mention the name i think that's a very funny like just contradiction within his own movies like (laughs) yeah kind of inside joke it's like you want to know why i got these scars (laughs) tells a bunch of different stories yeah damien chazelle he's a real joker damien chazelle Uh, should play the joker I don't think that would work. <laughs> how's the uh, how's the ending to First Man? Don't spoil it, but is it as good as these two endings? <laughs> um, you know, I don't I don't remember the very last. Show. I, I mean, La La Land and Whiplash. Those are two. I mean, just fantastic, memorable endings. Yeah. Um, First Man. I don't remember the very very ending is not like the kind of the climax or like as big of a moment I don't remember it being that the first man is like the whole third act is like the Apollo 11 mission which is just majestic okay really it's like an it's more much more of an event film okay so his uh oh I forgot to mention Dang it! I should have mentioned this in the uh, in the uh, news. I think this was actually just announced this week. But his uh, Damien Chazelle's next movie comes out next December. Next December, yeah. Babylon. Yeah, Babylon. I think it's. I don't know if it's limited. I think it might be limited release, and then it's going. VOD. I can't remember. VOD streaming service. Maybe maybe a streaming service. I don't remember. No. I can't remember what it was said. No. <laughs> Bombadil. <laughs> That's what I say to that. Yeah. Was um, he doing something for Apple TV Plus, whatever it's called? I don't know. He had a Netflix show that came out that apparently was okay. Hmm. Interesting. I don't. Yeah. I think he directed like an episode or two. I don't remember. Yeah. Um. Yeah, what else about this movie, though? We just got off on a big tangent. But, uh, I mean, this movie, it's really good. Obviously, you got that from us. That's nothing new. Um, I think this movie, I, like, I think Fletcher, even though we've kind of talked about how he's he's a big jerk and, like, he's, I mean, he pushes everyone really hard. I do think he, like, <laughs> he adds a layer of humor to the movie, too, which is, like, unex- I think that just adds to the the versatility of J.K. Simmons acting in this movie and just the character itself. Like he, there are, there are some pretty funny moments, both in like a more lighthearted sense, but also just him yelling and being angry. I think there's some funny bits. It's, it's quite a whirlwind of emotion that like, I mean, there's certain parts where Fletcher is yelling and screaming. He throws, I mean, the famous scene where he throws the chair at Andrew and that whole bit. Are you rushing? Or are you Drake? Yeah. 
which I mean, that's that whole scene is incredibly tense. And then there's other parts. I, I think it's mostly when he's yelling at other people aside from Andrew. Like he's he's like he, he yells at what's his name? The trombone that he throws out. He's like, what? There's Why are you looking down? There's no Mars bar down there. <laughs> I laughed at that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's certain quotes like that. that I'm Erickson, just like, by the way, you were the one out of tune. But he yeah, didn't know. No. <laughs> that's just as bad. <laughs> Which I really like. I laugh at that quote every time. Um, yeah, I mean, but that that whole scene with the the are you rushing or are you dragging? That's so. Uh, that might be my favorite scene in the movie. I mean, maybe even more. Well, it's than like the, the most iconic scene. It is. I think it's iconic for a reason. I think it is. Me. I mean, the ending is really good, but it is. I might like that scene more. I don't know. Um. I don't know, Jimmy. What else? I mean, I think I'm about out of things that I I have to say about it. It's just really good. Like I can't, like I said. It. I mean, there's it's great for the the performances, especially J.K. Simmons, and just the moral ambiguity and the question of just how far is too far, and Damien you know, Ch- is too far. Even if you make it, is it worth it? Yeah, and Damien Chazelle really does think Jazz is dead. <laughs> He's really hammering that home that Jazz is dead. But he doesn't want it to die. No, he doesn't want it to die. So he's making a film that takes place in the Jazz age. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. No, I think, I mean, I, I guess that's an interesting kind of side effect from these two movies. I think, I definitely think these movies probably have introduced more people to, like, jazz music or gotten people interested because i mean these aren't like mainstream movies but i know a lot of people who do like this and aren't necessarily involved with music la la land's a pretty mainstream movie but okay la la land is more mainstream but this isn't as much it's semi it's boring it's on the fringe yeah i mean whiplash is kind of one of the it's one of those movies that made a lot of hubbub at the oscars and so for that it became kind of more mainstream but it wasn't really before that yeah. or really since i guess all right um, i think that's we can move on i think we, yeah, I we think did so it too. justice we did yeah thank you for a good movie request yes although the same person <laughs> requested the cat in the hat so i'm glad we picked one this. for two <laughs> yeah all right olden what are you doing what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, Jimmy. What am I doing? Uh, let me lean back real quick so I can get my phone. Oh, boy, he's got right, a list. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, I do have a list. I need to go through. I'm actually out of quarantine now, so that's fun. I actually saw Jimmy yeah. in person earlier today. We're, we're still recording remotely just because it's easier for Jimmy. Um, so that's why we're doing this. I don't this. like um, And Holden smells I do, bad. I do smell bad. I come in and I just <laughs> fart in the living room. Jimmy doesn't like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I since I was in quarantine, I did watch quite a bit. I don't think I watched as many movies as I did last week, but also last week was two weeks. So um, yeah. Um, going through a few of them. I watched Bruno, which is, how is uh, that? Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Uh, it's Sasha Baron Cohen's 
it's his it, it's basically Borat except instead of like examining race he's examining like sexuality and like how our society views it I think it is really funny I think it's it is more daring than Borat and Borat 2 both are like it they <laughs> there's some things that are done in this that I am a hundred percent more like how did you just not die for, for doing this he like I I I don't want to spoil anything because I went in knowing very little and like it's it just completely surprised me it was a movie that like it didn't get great reviews when it first came out but a lot of that I've seen a lot of like things online talking about how people think that's one because people are just more uncomfortable talking about sexuality and that kind of thing and two because like <laughs> Borat like it's more, a little bit more taboo to do like impressions of of a of a gay person as opposed to like maybe a Borat <laughs> like you wouldn't you wouldn't go around the office and do a Bruno impression as opposed to a Borat impression you know um, yeah so it just it just wasn't as mainstream um but i think i honestly i think it's about as enjoyable as Borat and Borat 2 are Honestly, you like those movies, you'll probably like that. Um, my favorite movie, though, that I watched this week was All the President's Men. Is that the one about uh, Woodward and Bernstein? Yeah, yeah, what? it no. is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The journalists. It's, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, it's basically just a procedural, I mean, about Woodward and Bernstein and their, uh, their figuring out what they found out about Watergate and exposing that. Um, I, but I think it's, I mean, it's, it's worth the hype. I think it's probably the best example of like journalism in a movie I've seen. It's just very, it's like really interesting. I wouldn't think it would be as interesting as it was. Cause it's like, have you seen spotlight? Did you see spotlight? And that was, I have not seen spotlight. I mean, I, I spotlight obviously takes a lot of influence from this movie. Cause this movie is so like famous, um, but that movie, I, I don't think that holds your attention as much as this one does. This one, even though I know what happens and I know where everything ends up, it like kept me gripped. I was surprised just how like how much they had to go through and looking like kind of remembering we we've we've seen Woodward and Bernstein in real life, J- uh, Jimmy. Uh, mm-hmm. or, or you were there, right? Yeah, uh, they yep. came to our they came to our school a couple years ago and kind of gave a talk. And I thought that was very interesting and kind of hearing like the things they talked about and seeing it in the movie. I was I would have almost been more surprised if I hadn't heard it from them already. But it was it kind of cemented for me how just wild it was in real life because it, it told me that like a lot of this wasn't dramatized. It was just like, yeah, this is actually what happened because that's what Woodward and Bernstein told us. Um, and it has a lot of influence on like how modern procedurals work, too. It's just a very, very well made movie. Very cool. Um, and then I watched uh, Before Sunrise. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No, it's like a not. Yeah, it's like a romance movie from the 90s. It's not a romantic comedy. It's more of a drama, but it's basically Ethan Hawke and uh, Julie Delpy, I think. she She's French, I believe. But they're basically, it's like one day at, in uh, Vienna. And they, it's one day before Ethan Hawke has to go back to America and it's them just kind of getting to know each other and talking and kind of having this like whirlwind one day romance, basically. And I had heard of it just because apparently the script was very, very good. And it was. It was really cool. 
I liked it a lot. There's actually two sequels to it that I haven't watched yet, um, but apparently both sequels are actually just as good. Um, Twi- Twilight and New Moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's before it's before sunrise, before sunset, and before midnight. I think it was three movies. But wow. I think like watch that one with Mariah. No, I actually watched it on my own. It was on HBO Max. I think they just added the first two, but I was like looking up like the new movies that had been released and before sunrise I saw had like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I was oh, like, wow. oh yeah, I was like, all right, I'll check this out. And it was very good. Um nice. and then besides that, I watched um I started Westworld season three finally because I realized I hadn't gotten around to that. It's all right. I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm I'm worried it's not going to be great based on what I've heard. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's interesting. It's such a departure from what they did before. And I think it's very daring. I got to hand it to them for that. I don't think it completely works. I think Aaron Paul in it is very good because he's just awesome anyway so yeah good addition to the cast um and then i just oh i talked to the talked to you about this earlier but i watched uh auntie donna's big old house of fun on netflix and i had mentioned like a year ago on this on this podcast about the auntie donna podcast which was this australian podcast i had started listening to it's basically just it's this trio of people they do kind of sketch comedy on live and stuff like that and but they started this podcast where they basically just talk and have funny conversations and sometimes do little bits and so, and stuff like that um and i quite like it i've listened to it kind of actively i still haven't like i'm still a ways behind and slowly catching up so i wasn't even aware (laughs) there was a show that they had coming to netflix because i hadn't heard anything about it on their podcast um and so it was like a big surprise when like two weeks ago i saw that they had a show coming to netflix and it's this sketch comedy show as i said to you it's very reminiscent of like like a, a monty python or anything like that where the humor is just it's very weird it's not like it's maybe not like Eric Andre humor where it's just like random, random, just like gross out kind of thing. But it's just like it it's things that shouldn't be funny, but are funny just kind of for no reason. It's a very weird show and it's only six episodes, only like 20 minutes a piece. Very solid. Hmm. Um, I might check one out tonight as I'm going to bed. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what you think. Um, and... Yeah, video games I actually didn't play that much. I've just been playing that Zelda game that I mentioned last week. That's pretty much it, I think, Jimmy. Yeah, I so highlight of my week is I got a new camera. I got the, uh, I don't have it in my hand, otherwise I'd just show it to you, Holden. <laughs> but I got the uh, Sony A7C with the, the silver color because it's classy. Ooh. It's got this, it's got a black body and then it's got a silver trim thing at the top. Looks sick. And then I got, I invested in a very nice lens to go with it. Uh, I wanted like one lens that like that could just do anything that I needed, like it, it like very versatile. And that was the Sigma 24 to 70 f 2.8 art lens, which is very nice. It feels very nice to like hold and stuff. It's quite hefty. Um, it just feels quality, and it and like. Uh, the nice thing about this new camera, the reason I got it is, number one, it's cool because it's a, it's actually a 6K sensor 
that it, it downscales it to 4K in the camera. So it's it's a very high quality, and th- but it also makes the file sizes much more manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the autofocus is amazing. My old camera was just absolutely terrible. And for some stuff, I still use manual focus, but just for a lot of the stuff I do where I actually will, like get paid for video work, autofocus would be so nice. And now that I have it and it's just, I was doing some tests and it's like, oh, I don't even, I just can point the camera at something and it will just be in focus, which is yeah. amazing. It's That's what my camera has. <laughs> and it is, it's incredible. Um, <laughs> and then it also has this, so Sony has this software called Catalyst Browse, I think. And so the camera has in-body image stabilization, which is decent. It does okay. And usually usually I carry, when I do like actual video work, I, I put it like on a tripod and I use the tripod as almost like a rig to help me stabilize it. But if you actually turn off the in-body image stabilization, you can use this software with compatible cameras. It's like the, all the new cameras that Sony has to uh it the the camera records all the gyroscopic data in it Mm -hmm. like where it is in the xyz axis axes i don't know whatever it is and then you put it into that software and it uses that information to like basically do voodoo magic to make the the video stabilized which is incredible Mm -hmm. and it also has like a brand new sony color science that is dramatically better than my old camera um, so it's just, and the low light performance is insane. Huh. I was, we, Emily and I went on a walk downtown and just were going around and it looked, I mean, it just blows my old camera out of the water. Sony, <laughs> Sony cameras are like the Kings of low light performance. And I finally upgraded to a new one. It's also a full frame sensor, which is, if you know anything about, uh, video and photography like that's what you want to be and i was coming from a one inch sensor which is just so small so <laughs> it's nice it helps me get that nice blurry background when i want it so yeah all those things it it is just a joy to use must be nice and having money just, jimmy it is nice <laughs> i don't have as much money now that after after i bought it though <laughs> but yeah it is I, I absolutely love it so far. And uh, it's also making me be much more intentional about doing that stuff. And it's, and the other thing I forgot to mention, it's great for video and still photography. So I wanted a camera that could do both. And it it's a hit, hits that sweet spot very nicely. It's also very compact. for what it, It's the smallest hybrid, meaning like still and video uh, camera like there is for full Was, frame. Was did it come with a lens or did you was did you just buy that? No, I so you can you can buy it with a lens, but I the the lens that it would come with is one that I'm not interested in ever using. Sure, it would be a it's a decent compact lens for photography for but I was it's like an extra three or four hundred bucks and I was like no I'm just gonna invest that money into an actually great lens that um, I will use and that's the nice thing so about going full frame in the Sony ecosystem is Sony's trajectory for cameras is just going in a very exciting place, especially for video. They don't like, um, they don't intentionally like downgrade their cameras. Like uh, can so Canon was used to be like the king for both like stills and for video. 
but Canon does this thing where they like they make cameras at different levels and different price ranges, and it's like they intentionally make their cameras are worse in certain areas to like protect <laughs> their more expensive cameras where Sony does not do that nearly as much, which is really cool. And now that I have, and now that I buy lenses, like your lenses are just last forever. And so now I can swap out the cameras and invest in a new camera, you know, like four or five years from now. And I will still have my lenses to go with it, which is really exciting. Nice. Yeah, that's the highlight of my week. Um, I did finish BoJack Horseman to yesterday. Oh, wow. And I thought it was good. I didn't think it was like a crazy good ending. I thought it was good. Serviceable. Didn't blow my socks off. I didn't think the second to last episode was as good as you hyped it up to be. No, I really like the second to last episode. I don't episode. know. I liked the last episode more. Honestly, well, you were wrong about the Mandalorian earlier too. So, I don't know. The show just (laughs) ran out of gas for me by the end. I just got tired of them being so mopey all the time. Fair enough. And just having a terrible attitude about everything. Because I'm a person that I'm like, if I get down, I have I make that attitude shift. And I mean, I I still really enjoyed like Mr. Peanut Butter and Princess Carolyn, but I got really tired of Diane and Bojack. So tired. Yeah. I I wasn't a huge Diane fan. Yeah. And that was those also seemed like the preachiest parts of the show, too. And it's always just feeling sorry for yourself. Not that it's bad to feel sorry for yourself, but you also need to like move on and take control of your own life. But yeah, just all right, Jimmy. No one moping around for me. No one came to our podcast to hear your your personal philosophy. (laughs) So horsing around, it should be called moping around. Yeah. Okay. Um, But then I watched the first half of a documentary on the treadmill today uh, about ancient Egypt, since that's what I'm teaching about in school. How was Secrets it? of the Saqqara tomb. Wouldn't recommend it for people who aren't interested in ancient Egypt. It's <laughs> it's interesting, but like it's only interesting to me that I've been like studying it and teaching about it. And I'm like, oh, I know what God they're referring to. It's cool. I mean that there it's this very recent, like within the last couple of years, archaeological discovery in ancient Egypt of a tomb that's intact. And it looks like there's some twists and turns and like their discoveries in it but like it's pretty pretty dry if if you're not interested in it but uh well then i won't watch it i wouldn't recommend it to you holden not at this point anyway unless the second half just absolutely blows my socks off yeah but uh, it's good it's good enough for me also watched a documentary about how the pyramids were built (laughs) slave uh, labor wasn't slaves holden Big misconception. It wasn't? No, in fact, I was planning on doing... It was not slaves. Who was it? it. Just workers. Just people? People who actually were very well fed and taken care of. Yeah, well, they they think there might have been like a uh, labor tax, kind of like what the Incas did. Um, And uh, so Egypt was right along the Nile River, and the Nile River... Like it's the reason the land was so fertile 
around the Nile River is that it would flood very consistently during certain seasons. And while the river was flooded, then the farmers couldn't farm and 80% of the population was farmers. Then they would go and work on public projects like the pyramids and temples Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. But they also had like this core crew. And from what I learned, like they, by studying, like, because they're like, well, they would have needed to have some sort of town around where the pyramids were. So they discovered these like little, you know, temporary settlements and like looked at the bones and they were like, oh no, these were Egyptian people, weren't foreign slaves. They're like, they were well fed. They had good working, like pretty decent working conditions. It showed like them being healed and living like 14 years after they had certain, you know, major injuries. So it's like, because I was going to do this whole like week long thing, like should the pyramids have been built, they would use slaves and oh yeah, die. But then I researched <laughs> it. I'm like, oh no, you know, they actually it's actually a pretty pretty decent gig for them back then. So <laughs> not much of an argument against them, other than I guess it's just a big waste of resources. But also they thought that was it was important because the the pharaoh would have to help you know lift up the sun every day. I'm not sure um, I would have done it. Well, if you believe that the Pharaoh needs to go to heaven in order to help the sun raise every day, that's a pretty, pretty compelling reason to do it. Yeah, well, I don't believe that, so. <laughs> and also you get fed meat, which you wouldn't have had much meat mm, otherwise. Mutton. So. The, ancient e- <laughs> mutton. the ancient Egyptians were very happy people, which I also learned that, too. Because they, wow. they believed that it really in just order goes to, to go show to that- heaven... It really goes to in show order to that go to even, heaven, te- even teachers are learning, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. In order to go to heaven, they needed a light heart, Holden, which meant they had to be happy, grateful, and have a positive attitude through life. So, so they can't watch Bojack they were just Very, very friendly, and, and Hollywood really portrays it very out of place. So, interesting. Like in the film Gods of Egypt. <laughs> which I haven't seen, but... <laughs> kind of want to watch it now because we did do a, a unit called God uh, about the ancient Egyptian gods. Yeah, you should watch it and then show it to the class. Be like, yeah, this is. <laughs> <laughs> but we we watched a watch Mojo top ten ancient god Egyptian gods, and they used a lot of clips from that. And like, oh my gosh. I think Chadwick Boseman's in it, and what? Nikolai Coster no. Waldo are, is in it. I knew he was in it. I think uh, Gerard Butler is too. Let me look it up. Gods of Egypt. I'm looking it up. I'm kind of tempted to watch it. I know it's not going to be good, but... It's going to be really bad. Chadwick Boseman is Thoth. <laughs> yeah, Gerard Butler's set. So the kids were going, Wakanda forever. <laughs> Do you know your... Did you read all the Rick Riordan books? Holden? I did read all the Rick Riordan books. I don't... I mean, I don't know the Egyptian gods like super well, but I know a lot of the basic ones. You probably know them better than I do, but I see now. I see. Now I know. I need I, to read those and then maybe do like a book study of them next year. I know. I know. See, I know like the Greek mythology, like the back of my hand, but yeah. See, the the Rick Riordan in Egypt ones were after my time. I'm reading those. But uh, I remember yeah. the Rick Riordan. It's twenty five percent on Metacritic. <laughs> That's good. They just didn't I remember, get it, Holden. 
I remember the Egypt books were weird for me because I was like, I was reading them as they came out and the third, it was only a trilogy, but I was convinced it was going to be five like the Percy Jackson books were. And so it got to the third one and then it's like the climax of the series. I'm like, what? What's happening? Why is it ending already? Everybody's dead. <laughs> we should watch Gods of Egypt next week. Huh? You want to? <laughs> we could <laughs> well maybe what is jimmy what is our next what was our request for next week uh i gotta pull it up that's a good point i was looking to see if there were any more reviews no reviews you guys are slacking what's going on all right movie requests next week we got um we've got three options here okay we got space jam okay which i probably should watch i haven't seen that since i was really little uh star wars Christmas special from Doom 2005. Um, I mean, I'm okay with either Space Jam or Doom. I haven't seen Doom. I don't have any. I don't want to watch the Star Wars Christmas Doom. special. I <laughs> Doom has on. Dwayne Johnson in it, and it has Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Apparently, it has a really cool sequence where it goes first person for a little bit. That's what everyone likes to talk about. I think it's more based on Doom 3, so it's kind of like, I don't know. It's not as, like, violent as the other games. I don't know. I don't. What would you rather do, Jimmy? I think I'd rather do Space Jam just because it's... A, All right. We can Space, do Space Jam 2 is apparently going to come out someday. Yeah. Yeah, we can do Space Jam. I could probably get a drinking game and watch it <laughs> with my with my apartment mates. It's not appropriate, Holden. Not We're all twenty one. We're all twenty one. Maybe the listener isn't. Think of the children, <laughs> Holden. Okay, uh, for the for the children, I am going to be drinking orange juice. Just to clarify. Yes, thank you, Holden. You can drink, uh, you can drink orange juice. So we'll Danny do Space DeVito's Jam. in it? What? Danny DeVito's an evil alien theme park owner in Space Jam? Where have I been? Oh, I thought you were still talking Gods of Egypt. <laughs> 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 like, what? <laughs> what god is he? <laughs> <laughs> He's raw. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we can do, we'll do Space Jam. <laughs> I'm actually kind of tempted to say we should watch Gods of Egypt. <laughs> I kind of so, want to watch Gods of Egypt, I'm so not we'll, going to lie. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk about Maybe it. Maybe we'll I've, just do Gods of Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> How will we talk about it? We won't, we'll, we'll leave it, it will be a surprise for the listener. Yeah, it's a coin flip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, yeah, um, let's be done uh yeah, so Anything leave us review, leave, leave us five star reviews on iTunes, and you can give us recommendations for movies in that. You can also give us movie recommendations by sending us an email at tompodcast@gmail.com or by donating to us on Patreon. Both of those are very viable uh, options. Um, although, if you haven't left a review, we'd we'd appreciate that first. Um, you can follow us on social media, even though I'm just like very inactive on it, even though every week I say I'm going to post on it and then I don't. It's really just quite a conundrum that I just need to eventually do. So maybe I'll do it this week. No promises because I've promised before and I just haven't done it. Um, 
And then next week we'll do either Space Jam or Gods of Egypt, depending on what we decide, I guess. <laughs> or both. We'll see. Write in and tell us which one you'd rather watch, have us watch. Gods yeah, we could do both, Egypt. honestly. I'd be, I'd be okay with doing Egypt. both. All right. Yep. All right. All the adios, pantalones. Love you.